welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified, episode number six. I am your host, Joseph Curry, and I'm excited to chat with you. Today, uh, changing topics again, and we're going to kick off with a multi-episode series on the top retirement risks. So today, we're going to start with sequence of returns risk. And this is really one of the biggest factors to consider when transitioning between saving for retirement and getting into retirement and withdrawing from your portfolio to create a paycheck like we talked about last week. When you're saving, you don't really have to give a whole lot of thought to sequence of return risk because you know, you're putting your money away on a regular basis. You figured out your savings plan based on your goals and your lifestyle and some market expectations. When shares are going down, so market's going down, you're purchasing more shares. We call this dollar cost averaging. When the market's actually going up, you're buying less shares. So it brings your average cost of your shares down. And realistically, when you're younger and you have a lot of years left to retirement, you actually might be hoping for, for bad markets. Now, I don't know, it sounds a little bit intuitive, but if you're buying more and more shares when markets are down, when the returns do come, you know, hopefully that's closer to retirement and you're going to be in a good place to retire. So, you know, it's really a, a fairly simple process. Again, determine your portfolio based on your, your goals, come up with your savings rate based on the, the assumptions you come up with from that portfolio. And then you're keeping your savings up with inflation, keeping it up with lifestyle adjustments as your income goes up over time. And you kind of just forget about it otherwise, and you let it work for you. But once you get to retirement, the game changes. It really is different. You know, you want to start by figuring out what you can spend over 30 or 40 or maybe even more your retirement. You have to look at inflation, your portfolio and the expected returns. You need to think about your longevity risk and how long you're going to live. And so you can come up with all these different assumptions and create projections, which is, you know, typically how financial retirement planning has been done. And, you know, when you run out these projections, you can come up with a, a withdrawal rate, you know, how much money you can take out of your portfolio on an ongoing basis and not run out of money. So this is not really a plan, though. Again, I, like I said, this is a projection, not a plan, because even if you get all those assumptions right and you nail how long you're going to live, you nail what your rate of return is going to work out to over that time period, you get inflation assumptions right, you could still run out of money. And this is because of sequence of return risk. Simply put, sequence of return risk is the yearly variation in your returns of your portfolio. So to actually help you understand what that means, we're going to look at a couple of examples here. So an example, number one, we'll imagine two portfolios, portfolio A and portfolio B. And we're going to assume that portfolio A invests $1 million and lets it ride for 10 years and has an annual returns ranging all the way from negative 20% to positive 
And the average return, though, by calendar year works out to 10%. And the total value after that 10 years is going to be roughly $2.6 million. Now, if we have another portfolio, so portfolio B, the same $1 million invested for 10 years, and portfolio B, though, gets a 10% rate of return each and every year, all the way through to the end of 10 years. And at the end of that time period, the portfolio value is still just short of $2.6 million. It's the exact same amount. That's because that average rate of return is 10%. So no big surprises there. But let's look at how the sequence of return changes things when you start to withdraw money from a portfolio. I'm going to start with an extreme example to you know, really help you understand it. And then we'll, uh, we'll look at something that's a little bit more realistic. So again, if we look at two portfolios, portfolio A and portfolio B, and they both start with $100,000. And so portfolio A requires a $50,000 withdrawal after year one, and so does portfolio B. And so in portfolio A, the return is 100% in year one. So the year one ending balance is gonna be $200,000, less a $50,000 withdrawal that's required, making the actual year end balance $150,000 at the end of year one. And so let's say that same portfolio gets a year two rate of return of negative 50%. That would make the year two ending balance $75,000 and an average annual return of 25%. So when we go to portfolio B, again, that same $100,000 beginning balance, but this time the returns are reversed. So year one, there's a negative 50% rate of return. So the year one ending balance is going to be the $50,000 that's left after a negative 50% rate of return, less the $50,000 withdrawal we required. So the balance is actually $0 after year one. So if in year two, the rate of return is 100%, we still hypothetically would have an average return of 25%, but it's irrelevant because there's $0 left to grow and that is the sequence of return risk. So the order, the returns have occurred, caused the depletion of the account. And so it didn't matter again, what happened in year two, because there was nothing left to compound. So if we look at you know, a more realistic 30 year time period example, you can see how this applies to retirement. And so this example I got from kitsis.com. So it's a Michael Kitsis article. Keep in mind with these numbers though, that they are not predictions. They're not numbers we'd actually use in any kind of a projection. They're just being used to illustrate the point. And, uh, and again, looking at that 30 year period. So our assumptions for this example are we're gonna be planning for a 30 year retirement. We're expecting 3% inflation. We're assuming we have a portfolio that's 60% stocks and 40% bonds. And we'll assume that the stocks return 10% per year. The bonds return 5% per year. And each year we'll rebalance stocks and bonds back to 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And this is gonna give us an average annual return of 8% per year. So the starting value of the portfolio is $1 million. And the question is, given these assumptions, how much can I safely spend while not running out of money before the end of a 30 year period? And the answer with all those assumptions 
is $65,895, or about 6.6% of the initial portfolio each year, plus inflation. So what's the problem with this projection? It assumes the returns are the same each and every year, which is obviously never the case in the real world. So Kitsis gives us two other scenarios, but using the same assumptions, just a couple of minor tweaks. So scenario number one is going to be, what if the returns for stocks are 0% in the first two years, but 20% in the last two years? So keeping that same 10% average per year. So with that minor change with the 0% in the first two years, the rate of return average doesn't change, as I mentioned. But the outcome is that the portfolio is actually depleted by year 24. So six years earlier than if we had the same rate of return every single year. So it's really important to remember here that a projection is not a plan. It's really just a starting point. Okay. So again, if we look at the same scenario, but we just, we flip those numbers around. So in the first two years, stocks have a 20% rate of return. And the last two years, there's a 0% rate of return for stocks. So in this scenario, at year 30, there is actually still more than $1 million left in the portfolio. So between these three different scenarios and introducing these minor variables, there's been no change in, in the average annual rate of return, but there's a massive difference in the outcomes that we can expect. So this begs the question for you, do you have a plan in place to course correct when your portfolio balance goes off course? And again, remember, a retirement projection is not a plan. And the reality is, as soon as you finish reading it, it's already outdated, right? So sequence of return risk is, as I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest differences between saving for retirement and withdrawing from a portfolio to create income in retirement. And once you get to retirement, it really requires a strategy, something that you can put in place ahead of time that lays out steps or rules to follow. It really takes emotions out of the equation because you don't want to be making decisions with your portfolio based on emotions that are going on in, in the heat of a bear market when you see your portfolio down. You want to know ahead of time exactly how you're going to handle dips or swings in your portfolio. Now, Sequence of return risk is definitely not the only risk that we see show up in retirement. So we're going to continue in future episodes looking at the top retirement risks. So there's a number of them. We're going to work through all of them to make sure that you understand what they are, what to look for. And then after we get through these top retirement risks, we'll have a, a follow-up series, which is really about what are the strategies that you can put in place to make sure that we're dealing with these risks. So I appreciate you joining me. This is episode number six of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. A couple of things I'll leave you with from an action item standpoint. If you've enjoyed the episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star rating and, and maybe shared it with someone you know who's approaching retirement so you can make sure that they're thinking about these risks. And if you think that I might be able to help you mitigate the sequence of return risks in your portfolio, you can always visit our website at www www.matthewsandassociates.ca. And you can click on our free assessment button to schedule an introductory call where we can see if, if I am able to help you out. And until next time, be well, and we'll see you at episode number seven of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. 
Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated, an approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc., ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.